0: Hey, everybody. This is the uh, Miami Heralds Heat Check podcast. Um, we are taping this uh, a week before, less than a week before USA Basketball Camp opens uh, in Las Vegas as the team begins its Olympic preparations. I am Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press. I am not hosting Anthony Chang of the Miami Heralds podcast. Hello, Anthony Chang. How are you?
1: Good, Tim. How are you?
0: I'm good. David Wilson's not with us uh, this week. Um, it sounds, we have a lot to get to, even though the heat haven't played, there's a lot going on, but I, I am actually really thankful that we're talking about basketball for a few minutes because it means we're not thinking in this moment completely, at least about Surfside. And I think we have to start there, Anthony. I mean, this is just, I mean, I know that you've, you've followed and I'm sure you're helping out with the coverage. I've, I've been helping out, you know, our, our people, our, our news team at the AP with some of it. It's been a week and tell me when this is going to make sense. Tell me when any of this is going to make sense. Like how, I mean, you, I'm not from here. I've lived here 20 years. I'm not born and bred. You are. What, what does this mean to you seeing our city, your city in this much pain?
1: This has been a really really tough week, and you know, I'm speaking as somebody who wasn't directly affected by this terrible tragedy. I, I mean, I can't even imagine the families involved, the first responders, everyone at the scene. I mean, even even media covering this like it is such a heavy, heavy, devastating, just awful, like unspeakable, like any word you could, Babur can think of. Like it's just an awful tragedy. And yeah, for hit, you know, any tragedy, this is difficult, but for it to, for it to hit so close to home, um, it's just a gut punch. And I've just been, I, it's been for me. And again, I have not directly affected just, you know, someone who lives in this community is born and raised in this community. It's hard for me to sleep. Like, it's just, I can't stop thinking about the victim's like you see the photos you see every story is sadder than the next it's just brutal it's brutal you know you you see families and and they're pleased just to get you know some answers it it is um yeah it's it's been a really 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 um rough week and and you know you you hope for for some positive news in this um, but it's just been There's been very little answers so far. And I think that's been the toughest part uh, to all of this.
0: We could devote this whole, however long we go, half hour, 45 minutes, 17 hours. We could devote all of it to to Surfside, but we're not. Um, You know, Pat Riley calls sports the toy department of human affairs and he's right. And what sports allows us to do is to escape the real world for a little while. And I think right now we can do that respectfully. I think we see why distractions are needed. Um, you know, I am sure you've had thoughts about whether it's appropriate right now to talk about basketball, but, um, and I don't know if it is or isn't, but we, I wanted to make sure that we both started the show by saying that Everything we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is silly, uh, because yeah, there's there's a real world thing, and you, you um, you're talking to Steve Stowe later right. on the program, Steve Stowe, the um, executive director of the Miami Heat charitable fund, a vice president in the Heat organization, a friend of mine, friend of yours, um, a really good dude, and I know he's got, um, I mean the Heat were down there, Tyler and, um, uh, Chris Quinn. And Eric Glass were down there 10 and a half hours after this thing happened.
1: Yeah, and and, and then not, not as well known, um, Eric Spolter was out there Monday at the yeah. vigil.
0: Spo, Spo, needs to do, Spo needs to tell us these things, man. But yeah, you, you know we've we've talked forever, and you know I know that it's a, it's it's a word that people make fun of when they talk about heat culture, but heat culture means more than you know guys working out you know that they they are the heat are part of the fabric of this community and 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 so are the dolphins and so are the marlins and and you know the panthers and i think inter miami has done so. it's just been amazing how the you said you're hoping for good news the only good news really so far has been that our city got pulled together
1: yeah
0: and you know, that's it, That that's a powerful, powerful thing. And so all this is, it's just unspeakably sad. And I, I'm leaving town in a few days. I'm leaving for Las Vegas uh, for USA camp on Monday. And I already know that as soon as I get there, everyone's going to have one question and it's not going to be about bam or the heat or spoke coach in the same right. team. It's going to be about what's going on at home. And it's just, it, it's great how we have these moments that bring the world together. Anyway, let's, you've got a lot with Steve coming up. Let's get to basketball. Let's give minds a break. Let's give souls a break right now and, and try to try to separate <laughs> the reality from the fun little make-believe world that you and I get to get, get to play in for a living. Um, Bam out of Biles and Olympian. That's big news. That's a big thing. Um, were you surprised that he was one of the 12 that ultimately made the cut for this team, especially after what happened, you know, with the world cup two years ago. Um, What, what's that mean for Bam? And were you surprised?
1: I wasn't, I wasn't surprised um, because, you know, he's, he was part of the program a few years ago, like you mentioned. um, And he's gotten a lot better since then. Right. I mean, the best two years of his career have been the last two, you know, after, after he left, and I was cut from team USA camp. The only the only the only reason I had some doubt whether he'd be on the team is because not that he held a grudge. Because Bam, I don't know Bam holds grudges.
0: Bam holds grudges.
1: But he was not happy that he was cut.
0: No, he wasn't.
1: Um before that World Cup. So I didn't know if he was gonna accept an invite, especially just with the the really long year that he'd have had and he's had you know, playing in the finals, having a seven whatever a seventy-one day offseason, whatever it was, and Basically playing most of this season, you know, he doesn't really get injured much. So he, he missed some games, which is weird for Bam. but he did play most of the year um, and they made the playoffs. And uh, so I guess it, it helped that the team was eliminated in the first round and they got a month break before he'd have to a month or two month break before um, the Olympics begin. Um, but I, I just didn't know if he'd, he'd want to just rest this off, season and focus on his game. Um, but this is the time for him to do it. Right. He's 23 years old. Um, He's young, he's healthy, so uh, I'm not really totally surprised that he accepted the invite. And I'm not surprised that Team USA said, "You know what? We made a mistake. Let's let's bring you back and, and put you on the Olympic team."
0: Well, I, I don't know if they made the mistake though. I mean, I I think it was. Uh, uh, and I mean, listen, I was there in China. They made a mistake. I mean, he should have been on that team. Right. Um, you
1: think it was good for him in the long run?
0: I think it was really good for him in the long run. I, I really do. I mean, that team in China was as soon as Jason Tatum hurt the ankle, I mean, first of all, like 57 billion guys backed out of playing on that team. So that team should have been a lot deeper than it was. And the guys who were there played as hard as they could. Um, You know, they played France in the quarterfinals. Donovan Mitchell was rolling. Then for some reason, Donovan Mitchell stopped getting the basketball. I'll never understand this. The fourth quarter just got away from him. It's a 10 minute quarter instead of a 12 minute quarter. There's no timeouts really. The, The game just... The snowball gets really, really big, really fast in international basketball. And they just had 10 bad minutes and Tatum got hurt and that was it. And then boom, they were out of the medals. And then what happened from there didn't really matter. They almost lost the seventh place game. Yeah, Because it's really hard to motivate a team when you're not playing for anything. I think they were playing Poland in the seventh place game. That's a big deal for Poland. It's not so much for USA basketball. I I think Bam is carrying that grudge. And I think it's going to fuel him. Through this process, I think a great thing for the Americans is their first game in Tokyo is against France. It's a really big game for both teams. It's not you're not out of it if you lose, but you're you pretty much know you're in the quarterfinals if you win. Yeah, that you're game. in control, right? You're in a lot of control. Yes, and it'll probably be the toughest game both of them play in group. I think they play Iran. And I think it's uh, whoever wins the Victoria mm-hmm. qualifier right now, which could be Canada could be China. Uh, Greeks, Greece played very well. We taped this. What day is today? Wednesday. We take Wednesday. Wednesday morning. We're dropping it Thursday. The Canada Greece game was Tuesday. Greeks, Greece played very well. Coached of course, by Iona colleges, Rick Patino, a rival of Siena college had to get that in. Um, there's going to be a lot of heat representation in yeah. Vegas. Um, yeah. I will be there
1: i was gonna say you'll be in tokyo nobody cares about that and you'll i'll be, be in vegas and tokyo.
0: tokyo i'll be in vegas and tokyo and coming soon to a hopefully an nba arena near you and game one of the finals <laughs> i just found out this morning i'm going to game one of the finals so you know
1: how are you fitting that in i don't so really you're...
0: know yet <laughs> i don't know Luckily is there two tim reynolds there. no no <laughs> there should be no nobody actually i don't even know if there should be one but there's there's a, luckily, there's a million flights between Vegas and Phoenix and Vegas and L.A. As, as we are taping this, the Suns could clinch tonight and the West champion will host game one. So and right. we got to get to Kevin Herder and the Atlanta Hawks run to the NBA championship here in a bit.
1: Um, you should, you should, by the way, you should make the drive from Vegas to L.A. We, I, I just did that. I went on a trip with my wife and we went to Vegas and then we drove to L.A. Not that actually, bad.
0: I might do it. Because it might be easier for me. It depends on it depends on the timing. It depends on what the timing of practice is. There's a lot of variables, but who knows? Anyway, uh, it'll be nice traveling without bags. I know I'm going right there and coming right back, so that'll be fun. Uh, and I'll just go back to my room in Vegas. Um, Eric Spolstra will be in Las Vegas. Eric Spolstra is the head coach of the USA Select Team, as Anthony and I both reported last week, and it was made official a couple of days ago. Um, this is a cool thing for Spo. in that he gets to coach with and against Greg Popovich. He was so happy. Remember when Dan Craig was part of the, like Greg Popovich brought him out like as part of the summer training, yeah. whatever for 2018. This is before the world cup. Dan spent some time out there uh, with pop and those guys and Pop. Loved having a Heat representative there. Um, he and Spo had talked about this for months. This has been a secret for months that Spo was going to do this. In fact, the Spurs at Heat game at the end of April, Greg Popovich and Eric Spolster are talking about it on the court right after the game. Right after the game, Pop's like, come on, it'll be fine. It was set up then. So this was kept really under wraps for a long time. And of course it was contingent on, you know, if the Heat were in the Eastern Conference Finals Right. right now, Eric Sposter wouldn't be able to do it because he'd be otherwise engaged. I think it's a big deal for Spo for two reasons. One, being involved with Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Jerry Colangelo, Grant Hill, Sean Ford, the cast of thousands at USAB, that's huge. The next big tournament, for the United States of America after the Olympics is the 2023 FIBA world cup. The gold medal game of the 2023 FIBA world cup is in Manila. I'm connecting dots here. Do, how big a deal is this for Eric Spolster? Do you think Anthony and aren't we seeing the precursor to Eric Spolster becoming the guy when Greg Popovich says, I'm not going to be the guy anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's funny. We asked him that same question of, "Have you thought about coaching in the Philippines in a few years, and maybe a bigger role of the team?" You were saying, "You know, Spo, never going to give anything, never going to give an inch." Has said he has not thought about it, but you know he has. I mean, that's just human nature. That would be, I think, hugely important to him to coach a game of that magnitude, or even just just in a, just as an assistant coach, even like that would be huge. For Spo to be on the sideline of a a big game like that.
0: You have to, if you're going to play in the Philippines for a world championship, you have to have Eric Spolster on your staff. No doubt. Running it. I mean, come on.
1: No doubt. Yeah, for sure. And I agree. I mean, look, we don't know. Pop hasn't said this is his final Olympics. He hasn't really given a timeline, right, of of how long he wants to coach a national team. Um, But whenever he does, Step down from this position. You'd have to think Spo would be one of the top candidates if he wants the job to fill that role. I mean, he's a obviously a very proven NBA head coach, very well regarded. Um, and what was he? He was I think he was he was voted the best coach in the NBA last year, but in the GM survey, right? So. I mean,
0: he's, it's, a, he's a hall of he's famer. a hall of famer. But he yeah. had LeBron. I don't care.
1: Yeah, he's I, a the,
0: hall of famer. I, I mean, who? That
1: is you know the program well, I do. You cover the program very closely. I mean, who are who would be the other candidates at this point? I mean, Steve Kerr, obviously. Steve Kerr.
0: Steve Kerr would be a candidate. Um, you know, Mark Few will be on. Um, Jay Wright on on SPO's staff, and Mark Few has USA Basketball experience. Jay Wright. It, it th- there are options, but remember. Grant Hill takes over as managing director. And, and it's not just, it's never been like a one voice thing. Like, and it won't be one, like Grant Hill will be the managing director of the, of the men's senior national team, replacing Jerry Colangelo. That doesn't make Grant Hill like, like judge and jury when it comes to making these decisions. But I think a guy with very close ties to Duke university, which is of course the official university of the Miami heat I think that will help Eric Spolstra in a lot of ways. And I see you, I, I wish this was video because you're you're trying so hard not to laugh right now. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. And it
0: just it just makes sense. I mean, listen, he's the second longest tenured coach in the NBA. He's got two rings. He's, I mean, he's a lock for Springfield. And now he'll have the necessary USA basketball experience. They're never going to make a guy the head coach without being part of the program. Yeah,
1: well, I wasn't asking. I wasn't, part of the program. I wasn't. I wasn't asked that question. I know Pop had a history with Team USA beforehand, but he wasn't like right before he was named the head coach of the national team. He wasn't even on the coaching staff, right?
0: Right, but I think he was always. Again, there's there's levels, and there's things we see and things we don't. Like there's committees. There's a brain trust. There's, you know, he had been an assistant for USA Basketball. Again. Right. He had he had experience. So never going to bring somebody in. Like I make Rick Carlisle comes to mind. I don't know if Rick has ever been part of a USA basketball coaching staff. He may have been, I can't think about the top of my head as we're sitting here talking right now. I think Rick Carlisle will be a great Olympic coach. I, I just, I don't think he'll be the next guy because he's not in the program. You know what that I mean? That makes sense. I, yeah. So, Spo being there now, especially now, I think makes some sense. And to go back to one thing I meant, I meant to add this when we we're talking about bam earlier, bam's 23. Look how big a deal it is that Kevin Durant is, playing for his third gold medal bam could be playing for his third gold medal when he's 30 the next olympics are when he's 26 and then 20 to 2028 you know that that's in paris 2028 will be in los angeles bam could be set up for a really wild olympic run here i mean it, it could be this could be i mean again who knows what'll happen but I, I think of it in those terms. I mean, I know that's kind of funny because he doesn't have one medal yet. And now we're talking about him going to LA and playing for a three-peat, but when Eric Spolstra talked to you last week and, and I had talked to him separately, just so people understand, because we're not, ha- not referencing the same conversation, but both happened last week. He made reference to stay tuned. There might be more heat representation on out in Vegas, besides Bam and Spo, and of course me. I, I, it. Do you want to say or want me to say?
1: I mean, you I mean, could say it. Want so to say that Three, two, one.
0: Three, <laughs> hang on. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. What we're gonna do is we're gonna count down three, two, one, then we're gonna say his name, and then I'll explain why. So, ready? Three, two, one.
1: Tyler Hero. Tyler
0: Hero. hero. <laughs> so I was waiting for you to do it. Um, the expectation is that Tyler Hero will be part of the select team. Now, please keep in mind things can change rapidly. It depends on what what they need for a scout team, but the expectation is that Tyler Hero will be on the select team working out against the varsity. And before anybody even asks one, I would love to tweet yet. Uh, yes, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero has a new team and that will just send heat Twitter over the edge, of course, because This is just silliness going on out there now. Um, Does it raise the chance he can go to the Olympics? You know, weirdly, it might. It's a very, it's a long, long, long shot. But the three guys that are still engaged in the playoffs who are on the Olympic team are Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, you could call him a three, but he's a two. Devin Booker's a two, Drew Holiday's a one. What's Tyler Hero? A one and a two. A one and a two, yeah. I'm not saying he's going, but I'm saying it raises the chance. But if nothing else, he gets to practice against the best team in the world and be part of a Greg Popovich, Eric Spolster, Mark Few, Steve Kerr, Jay Wright, Lloyd Pierce camp for a few days. This is huge for Tyler Hero, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and not that Tyler Hero needs more confidence, but this can only help him. Um, Like you said, going up against that level of competition, being invited, to be part of a select team, which is really, you know, as you know, Tim, and as most people know, is just a group of kind of rising stars up and comers in the league that get a chance to to scrimmage.
0: It's a a big deal. Yeah. It's a,
1: it's a big deal to be considered in that class. Um, And the other thing is, you know, not only does he get fresh new perspectives from other coaches, but he also has his own coach there. Who's going to be there close to him working with the head coach of the select team that I'm sure will be watching him extra closely and just, you know, working on specific things that the Heat want him to get better at. So this is good for this is good for Tyler. I mean, I, I think we we take for granted that and we forget that Tyler did not have a full offseason last year. No, nobody did. But for a guy, you know, entering his second season after what he did in the bubble, expectations were really, really high for him. He had like three weeks to prepare for his second NBA season. This full offseason, and if he gets it if, if it's, it is finalized and it becomes official that he gets a chance to be part of team USA's camp. Um, it's only good. It's only positive things for Tyler and, and his development entering his third season.
0: I couldn't agree more with, with, with all of that. And I think he would go from swagalicious to swag tastic. It would be a new level of swag. For I like that. What's after swag tastic. Oh, that's that's swag-a, <laughs> swag, swag, dopulous. Or is it swag adopted? I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't take Latin. Um, <laughs> need to find the Latin word for swag. So, okay, so we've covered BAM, SPO, we think, hint, hint, we think, yeah. Tyler Hero, um, me, of course. And now we're forgetting the fact that the Nigerian national team is going to be in Las Vegas for its training camp and for some scrimmages. And that's pretty much the Miami Heat roster. I was
1: it? gonna say, yeah, the Heat, he would Heat have more players on, on the Nigerian team than Team USA.
0: Precious Achua, Gabe Vincent, KZ Akala, all in the mix. We don't know right for certain. Again, keep in mind a lot of these things are fluid.
1: It's a forty man. It's a forty nine man
0: preliminary roster for Nigeria. Literally, so. there are forty nine guys. Yeah. Like I, I don't think the Canes have forty nine guys on the football roster <laughs> right now, but Nigeria <laughs> does. On this. now, most of those guys were brought in for experience. I mean, they're bringing in about twelve guys from the NBA for their camp. And the expectation, I talked to Mike Brown last week, the Nigeria coach, the um, golden state warriors assistant under Steve Kerr has agreed to take on um, the task of leading the Nigerian national team. I spent like an hour on the phone with him talking about it. He set up like a five Oh one C three for fundraising for net me. He is all in. It's very cool to see. And he's, he's never been to Nigeria. He's coached them in Africa before, but he has never actually set foot in Nigeria, which speaks to just the weird times we're in with the pandemic. But anyway, Mike Brown is very excited about bringing in the potential is there for 12 NBA guys to be on the Nigerian roster. Remember, they had six guys that that country had six guys in what the first round of the draft last year. We're watching a basketball renaissance going yeah. on for Nigeria right now. And it's just more Heat guys who will be in Vegas with Spo, with Bam, probably with Tyler. Um, the good side of this is international experience, playing for your country. I don't think there's anything better than that other than a deep, other than a deep playoff run. The downside is they might not be back in Las Vegas in a month when the Heat send out a summer league team. And all three of those guys you would think would be part of it. Do you think one is better than the other? If you had to say, if you if you become Pat, Andy, Nick, Adam, Simon, if, if all those jobs are now entrusted to you, what would you rather have them doing playing in the Olympics or playing in summer league? If you could only do one.
1: He would not be a good organization if I was entrusted with in all those jobs, but uh, thankfully I'm not. And also Mike Brown, I mean, kudos to him running a, a training camp with 49 players. Maybe. I mean, I know some have arrived later than others, but. Can I just
0: tell you, can I tell you a story about 49 players real quick? Four days before they start camp in Oakland, the Warriors let um, them use their facility because, you know, he works for the Warriors. Right. Right. And they redid their facility in Oakland. Very cool of them to do that. Four days before camp starts, Mike Brown is on the phone. We had to reschedule our interview because he was delayed. Mike Brown is the guy calling around for practice uniforms. Finding sneakers. There was stuff that you you trying to get stuff that was sent like Peak is their sponsor. There's stuff that was sent to Nigeria instead of sent to the states, and then there's like all these weird customs rules, and it's just it's it's not. It's just it's just the headache right now of doing international business during a yeah logistics. The logistics were impossible, and it's it's not. He doesn't have a staff of people. It's him. It's Mike Brown. That's crazy. The commitment he has to this is really admirable. It really, really is. Anyway, that's crazy. Yeah, forty-nine guys in camp. They will pare that down when they get to Vegas. I think they're going to have about seventeen. I think was the magic. Okay, number
1: and then get down to twelve for the Olympics. And
0: then you have to get down to twelve. Yeah, um, by early July, and the IOC keeps moving the goalposts on when that day really is.
1: L- like look, the- I, yeah, and, and yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think if you're the Heat, you can't tell a guy not to take part in the Olympics, like just can't like if he has a chance, if they have an opportunity to represent their country in the Olympics, you, you have to, you have to wish them good luck and and let them, and let them do it. Um, It's, it's a, it could be a once in a lifetime opportunity for those guys. So I I think it's a tough spot. Um, Obviously, you know, summer league is probably a little bit more specific to what those guys need to do for the heat and their roles with the heat. Um, So, you know, uh, as 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 far as how, how it translates to the NBA and their and their careers with the Heat, I think summer league is probably a little bit better because it'll be tailored to what they need to do. Um, you know, entering next season for their specific role with Miami. Um, but again, I I think those guys, all three of them, just really need to play basketball. Um, a lot of basketball, and there's a chance that they could do both. I
0: mean. There if, is a chance they could do both. If Nigeria doesn't make the medal round. Yeah. And it would still be a bit of a long shot for them to do that. So there is a chance they could just, and, and again, you can't stay in Japan until the end of the Olympics. Once you're out, they give you like 48 hours to get to out. leave.
1: There. Yeah. I, I think I was looking yesterday. I think group play ends July, uh, August one. And then I think Vegas starts like August seven or August eight. So there's like yeah. a week in between. It is tough, but you know, if th- those guys are all young and they're I young, wouldn't be
0: they're not flying coach. You know, yeah. Like they'll be, they'll, they'll be fine if they put them in a, you know, business class seat and it's, it's only, it's much shorter flight to Vegas right than mine, Tokyo right. than than anything else. So, you know, our buddy Rob Pimenthal just have to bring all their heat gear to Vegas. And it is possible. They could do both. I, I think it's a great thing for all of them, especially precious. Yes. Like Gabe, Gabe Vincent. I look at Gabe Vincent as he's, he's a full fledged, full fledged. Why can't I say that word? I can never say that word. Full fledged pro. Um, <sighs> KZ is, KZ's been around a minute already. I mean, I know he's had a non-traditional experience. Yeah, he's never played in the summer
1: league, which is crazy. never played in the summer
0: league, which is wild. And then, you know, he's only gone through a pandemic and a bubble and didn't, you know, he couldn't play in the bubble. And now I I think KZ getting extra reps this summer, whether it's in a Nigeria uniform or a heat summer uniform, I think is a huge deal for Precious though. Precious could really benefit, I think, from a structure of, a heat summer league week. I mean, they put they put more value into this is specifically what we want to do than they really care about winning. If that makes any sense, like yes, they play the summer league games to win, but if they go deep in summer league, that's fine. They just have specific tasks that they want to get done with these guys. They 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 understand that it's it's a pretty clear prior, list of priorities that they have, and I think I think you would see him probably do both gabe may gabe may may not need it i mean gabe gabe proved his value last year right um, yeah that's a good point with, with, with the varsity heat
1: I, I i think kz could benefit a little bit too just because again he hasn't participated in the summer league and i think you know just knowing the heat how they would handle kz in summer league would be kind of like what they did with derrick jones early in his career with miami yeah. where they just let him run like the point basically and have the ball in his hands and see what he could do.
0: Or just didn't they do that with Justice one summer? Like he played like one or two games, he played big minutes in one or two games and they shut him down. I, I yeah. might have that wrong, but there, there have been examples where you let a guy be the guy and you run right. everything through him for 38 minutes in two games. And then you just shut him down. Like, yeah. okay, we have, we have enough, you know, and then because to keep in mind too, summer league this year, summer league is six weeks before training camp starts. Which means it's three weeks before yeah, it's a good Eudon- point. before Eudonis's training camp. <laughs> camp Haslam is just as tough as heat training camp. So that's
1: a very good point.
0: Um, uh, I know you got to get to Steve Stowe. So there's just a couple more things I think we got to touch on touch on real quick. Um,
1: Our new segment. Is-
0: a new seg that's right we have, oh, i knew we were okay we have three things to touch on the new segment do we have theme music for the new segment are you going to sing
1: david is current that's why he's not here he's producing that, that david music right is, now.
0: david is currently in the studio right yeah now. he is he's working with john tesh on something synthesized for, for this <laughs> segment anthony what is the name of this new segment give it to us
1: whale hunting
0: whale Dang.
1: This is where we choose one whale or one whale-like player who could be available via trade or free agency this summer based on actual reports or just speculation. What's,
0: what's the difference between <laughs> a whale and a whale-like player?
1: I mean, this there's levels to this. There's levels is he, to this.
0: Is, is he a mammal?
1: There's, there's levels to this. There's
0: levels. And we okay. also determine
1: how realistic of an option they are for the Heat. This I week's mean, player is a true I, hang whale. Hang on, hang on, hang right, go on. Ahead.
0: I just go. thought of something. We need to have like... You know, like goodwill hunting. We need to call this good whale hunting.
1: I like that. I like that. We put- and, we do,
0: we, and we should do it in bad Boston accents, like Matt Damon. Okay. This week's whale to be hunted is
1: a true whale, Portland Trail Players Guard, Damian Lillard.
0: Ooh. What
1: say you, Tim?
0: What say me? Well, he is a whale. There's that. That's official. The question is, can the Miami Heat, we didn't introduce the premise, we just said whale hunting. The premise, of course, to the segment yes. is, can the Miami Heat, well, one, should they get Damian Lillard? The answer to every whale question is yes. yes <laughs> You'd be so surprised. Well. But can they? But can they get Damian Lillard? And no. My answer is no.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, I say that and I don't doubt Andy Ellisberg on his ability to do anything. I think Andy Ellisberg could take a Bartles and James wine cooler and turn it into like to a 73 Bordeaux. Like, I think that's Andy's skills. Like Andy can do anything. I just dropped a Bartles and James on the podcast, by the way. That's embarrassing. Um, how do you get him without trading Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo? And then if you're going to trade Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo, which you're not, why would Damian Lillard want to come here without both of those guys? Then you kind of have the same team, don't you? I mean, I think, first off, I'm just going to say this. I don't think he's going to get moved. I think he starts next season in Portland. Now, whether he is there for four more years, I think that's probably doubtful. I think it would take something absolutely amazing, especially with all the various messes that Portland is dealing with right now. Um, the way they handled the Chauncey hire, the way they handled the, the the Chauncey press conference disastrous. I don't think the Blazers want to make another highly questionable move right now and trade Damian Lillard. I just don't see how you do it. And that's, that's going to be the thing all summer with the new segment, good whale hunting. I just don't see how you do it without Bam or Jimmy involved. And if you're going to trade one of them, then what's the point? So, and and before people go to the trade machine and say that you can trade Goran and Andre and, and Udonis and a 2027 first round pick and a pick swap in 2029 and the rights to Omer Yurtsevin, um, and, and possibly an autograph from Genghis Khan or something like, no, just stop just because it makes sense in the trade calculator. Doesn't make it a trade. Also, can we just finally say this again? Oh, no, not finance. I've already said it once on here in past podcasts. Tyler hero was never getting traded for James Harden. It was never going to happen.
1: We should make that a fixture. Hunt. Can we, we
0: stop with this whole, they wouldn't trade Tyler hero for James Harden. Stop it. No. Yes. No, I, 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 as they say in Congress, I, I, I bequeath the balance of my, I mean, you took all my points. I
1: agree with you, basically on everything you said. Um, Obviously if Damian Lillard is available, the heat should try to get him. I mean, that's obvious for pretty much every team in the NBA. They should try to get Damian Lillard. He's one of the best players in the NBA. Um, But I just don't think that he'd have the assets to get a deal done. Like there's no realistic trade package that he could put together for Damian Lillard without including Bam or Jimmy. It's just like just being realistic there there isn't. I mean, you could say okay, maybe if the Heat find a way to to get OKC to lift the protections of the 2023 pick and and then the Heat could include 2025, 2027 and have two first round picks in there and a bunch of pick swaps and all of a sudden you have some draft capital. And you make Tyler Hero a centerpiece of the trade. I just still don't way, think that's, that's good th- enough. And
0: that's that's not altogether impossible because the the impetus for Oklahoma City to do that would be, "Hi, help us out, and we will get Damian Lillard out of your." west
1: Yeah. No. That that's that's a very good point, but and I still don't think that's enough. I mean, it's not. You you need. They they want a, a you know any team that's going to trade away a star is going to want some type of like rising star or a guy with star potential. And I mean, I'm not saying Tyler Hero can't be that. I mean, he was that just like, what, eight months ago, <laughs> right? So things change fast and maybe Tyler builds up his his value again uh, next season and and the narrative changes a little bit. But right now, um, you know, Tyler Hero, Andre gudala and Precious Achua and even if they get the, you know, those picks to trade, two first round picks, I just still don't think that's enough when you have Teams like Denver, who could trade Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray, or other New York has young guys they can put together in a trade package as well. There's so many teams that will be vying for Damian Lillard if he's actually available that he just don't have enough to get to really make a competitive offer. I think
0: I'm, I'm seeing now, right now on Twitter, as we're sitting here talking, Tyler Hero, the rights to both Bernie and Mrs. Bernie, Mike Biamonte, and a 2029 second round pick. I said that that gets it done. Just you scared you
1: scared me for a second, by the way.
0: Actually, we do have some breaking news. I saw. I just saw it. Yeah, will not be breaking news by the time this 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 drops. But uh, uh, David Fisdale has a new job, and doesn't have to move. So I think he's been living in L.A. Um, the the uh, the champion Heat are reuniting. Uh, David Fisdale uh, soon to join Frank Vogel. Wow, is that weird? Um, LeBron must be thrilled. He loves. loves pay- he, Lebron loved Fizz. Yeah, Lebron loved Fizz, and that's 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 a great move for for the Lakers. David Fizdale about per Woj. Woj, of course, breaking it. Um, although you'll know about it by the time you hear this tomorrow, which is today when you're hearing it. <laughs> we have broken the time space continuum once again. Oh my which goodness! It's
2: funny.
0: Which is phenomenal. Um, I, listen. I, you are going to talk to Steve Stowe and that's, that's the next segment of this. Um, I just wanted to say again that I hope we entertained you for the last few minutes and hope you weren't thinking about other stuff because we all are. And we're all just unspeakably sad and it will get better. I don't know when, but, um, I just, you know, we shouldn't be politicizing and whatever else. But if all I want to say is, cause you and I, you and I have some real talks, Anthony. And if, if anybody needs, if you feel overwhelmed right now and need to talk to people, find somebody to talk to and just get it out. We're all in this together, whether we were personally affected by Surfside or not, that's our town. Those are, that's our city. We all know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody at minimum. So, um, what Steve's doing, what the Heat are doing are great. I'm glad you're talking to him about that. I am going to bow out and let you and Steve take it home. Anthony, I will talk to you from Las Vegas next week.
1: See you, Tim. Safe travels. And yep, here's our interview with Steve Stowe, the vice president and executive director of the Miami Heat Charitable Fund. Um, like you said, we spoke with him about the Heat's efforts, you know, and helping those impacted um, by the, the condo collapse. Um, and we also spoke to him about how, you know, listeners, all of you, Uh, could get involved in helping the heat help those affected. Here it is. Three, two, one. All right, now we have Steve Stowe here joining us, the Vice President and Executive Director of the Miami Heat Charitable Fund. Uh, Thanks
2: for coming on, Steve. How are you doing? Doing okay and uh, hoping for some good news sometime soon.
1: Yeah, these are... Um, obviously, very very tough times in Miami, the Greater South Florida area, um, the whole country. It seems like the whole world has their eyes right now on Surfside um, and, and the condo collapse. You know that happened last week. Just an awful awful um, tragedy. Um, and I, I, we wanted to have you on just to give you uh, an opportunity, another platform um, to be able to share. You know, to those who are listening to this, you know how they could help um, with what the heat has helped set up for those impacted, uh, by this.
2: Thank you so much for having me on and um, all together in this, this is something that happened, you know, Thursday morning at one thirty um, early. Um, we still don't know why this happens. We're trying to figure out what is going on and trying to really get some strength to move forward. And right when we heard about this, um, I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it to be honest with you, you know, born and raised down here in South Florida. um, It's a surreal moment for me personally and professionally um, having been born uh, less than 20 blocks from that building and um, you know, really still residing in that area. And obviously um, that building has tentacles where it's really touched so many different people. Um, This was really something that I knew right away Um, something needed to uh, be done and and we needed to assist. And um, being directly in touch with our law enforcement all the time, I could hear the, you know, the horribleness in their voice, um, something that resonated in my core. And I was at the arena and uh, I was able to talk to uh, Tyler Hero, Coach Quinn, Coach Glass, and we mobilized real quick and, and bought, cases and cases of water and supplies and, and food um, really uh, to load up our Kia trucks, the Kia heat trucks and the sprinters, because the folks, the first responders that were working from 1:30 in the morning, if you, if you just fast forward about eight, nine hours, they were going straight with with that rescue effort. And and at that time they needed things to sustain and keep going. And, and I knew this was going to be something long-term. So by taking Tyler and, and, and the heat, coaches down there, not only did it really give them, and, and I say them, the, the rescue workers, a, a, a real lift in, in their spirit, but to be able to take Tyler there and, and kickstart the charitable efforts and, and to kickstart what, what our community has seen um, over the past few days is just something that, that will stay with me forever. And to know that because of that one trip down there really uh, started, is going to be a forever moment in South Florida.
1: And then that night, I think Thursday night, um, you guys partnered right with the Coral Gables Community Foundation, the Key Biscayne Community Foundation, the Miami Foundation, to set up a hardship fund, correct? Where people can donate at supportsurfside.org.
2: So, so even before that, and you can imagine, I want to give a special shout out yeah. to Josh Goshen, who is running our heat camps and, you know, was pulled away from the heat camp and, and, and drove down there. And, and I was able to reach out to World Central Kitchen and direct relief and organizations that have a tremendous amount of experience in this. You know, thankfully, we just play basketball. You know, we put, we put a team on the court every year, try and win a championship. That's our goal. But 365 days a year, we're in this community. So to be able to call upon World Central Kitchen en route to the site and show up and have food trucks right behind me, uh, was, was blown, mind blowing to know that they were there, uh, grandfathered in that area. Cause obviously that area now is, is completely different than it was when we got there on Thursday. Um, we were able to get, uh, on site set up food trucks for first responders. Bustelo coffee has been there around the clock. Um, because you know, when you're there at nine o'clock at night, and, and you think that's the end of the day. That's, that's the shift that's starting for, for a lot of these folks. So then after that, when we got back to the arena, then it was like, okay, now what are we going to do to raise funds? So absolutely, Miami Foundation, where um, they are the best in the business and, and collectively we realized together we're stronger. Um, we created that link of supportsurfside.org that's still live today. And I guarantee you by the time this podcast airs, we're going to get over the $2 million mark. Um, the fact that we got to two hundred thousand dollars in a couple of hours was was absolutely uh, encouraging to me because I knew people were listening, and I know that our platform and our mark means a lot. But to know that our South Florida community heard us, listened to us, saw us, um, and and it, it was tr- uh, proof with everyone going right behind us down there uh, with the Dolphins, the Panthers, the Marlins to to, to know that this is a tragedy and And this is not about thinking. This is not about saying what we can what can we do? This is about action. And that's what we're about. We do that when when, you know, God forbid there's a hurricane like you know Irma and Maria or uh, as, as as close as last year in the pandemic, where we still have food insecurity. Uh, going on. So, you know, this is something that it seems like a dream we've been going through for years now, helping people um, on a greater level. Um, But we're here to serve. And and that's what our organization is about. It it really from top to bottom, you know, the Arison Foundation, the Family Foundation, the Arison family, the Riley family, um, to instill this in us and instill all of this within our community. Um, It it just is amazing to know that they have your back um, when you're out there, in boots on the ground.
1: And just another one on that—you um, mentioned that the memory foundation is is the best at this, and, and, and you guys as well. Um, what just because if it's important to people, where, where is this money being? This where would this money go? Um, you know, once you once you guys raise the the amount you want to raise.
2: Absolutely, and those are tough questions. So we were able to establish a soft opening of a family assistance center where families can go for support and and ask for 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 help and critical needs. You know, you, you wouldn't believe the amount of requests that we're funneling information to first responders, whether it's, you know, maybe a pet that was left behind in, in, in a surrounding building that that someone who is displaced can't get to that apartment. Or if it's a medication uh, that, that needs to be paid for, or uh, you know, a- any sort of things that that folks need. So we are gifting now on two different levels. Obviously, there's an immediate uh, need where we purchased $30,000 in gift cards. We've been distributing those to folks um, on site and on hand just to help out. And then there's unfortunately going to be a longer term um, side effect with this um, from, I hate to talk about it, for, but from funeral costs to um, you know relocation costs and housing issues. Um, there's a long-term issue here that these funds are going to go to. So we have a committee set up that's gonna be a public facing committee where um, the Miami Foundation uh, collectively with Coral Gables Foundation and Key Biscayne Foundation, uh, we've all come together on this and realized that we're we're, we're really here um, to tell folks, this money is going right to back to the community. And and this is really the first of its kind that I've ever seen in my 22 years that we've done, I've a, a, a raised probably close to $25 million in, in my career here with the Heat um, and we support our beneficiaries and organizations throughout the the season and throughout the year. But this is something that is different. It's a tragedy. It's going to be with us, uh, where we need to support folks now, and they're looking to us now.
1: And uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. You you mentioned how you went out there with Tyler, Chris Quinn, um, Eric Glass on Thursday. You know the day of the collapse. Um, and I also know that you you were out there on Monday night um, at the vigil. With coach eric spolstra and, and coach o um what, how important are those moments of just support you know just going there to show support you know to those not only affected but those working there you know around the clock like you mentioned just just being able to go and and just you know share your share that time
2: with them like yesterday we were there in the day daytime um, it's as silly as it sounds, replenishing ice, you know, making sure that all of the, the beverages, because they do have enough now, they, they have plenty of water, thankfully, but um, you know, to keep it cold and, and to keep things fresh and to make sure everything's replenished. So then it's nine o'clock at night. And what else can you do um, other than pray? And, and, you know, this is something that a few of my uh, friends organized, it was a private vigil that I would say probably over 500 people attended on the sand um, just North of Champlain Towers and Mayor Cava attended with us. As you said, uh, our head coach, Coach Spolster was there. And our assistant coach, Coach O Delagrano, was there and myself. And, and to just see the community come together and put their feet in the sand and be one, be a beating heart together and to just be able to listen to the wind blow, to be able to hear the, the sound of the ocean and to think just you know steps from us was was something so tragic and and, and 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 it breaks your heart. So last night was was hope. Last night was thinking for miracles and last night was really something that, um it was beautiful and 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 it wasn't about you know media or attention or photos or you know asking for anything it was about asking everybody like i said to beat with one heart and to focus on on hopefully getting through this together and and and, and it's amazing to see um everyone come together and it was hard look there were there were a lot of people crying there was a lot of people um you know just hugging each other hugging strangers. That, that, that's something that I, I, I'm not, you know, comfortable with. And, and, and you're there and, and you're supporting this community as, as a human being. But at the same time, uh, that same message resonating that the Miami Heat stands with this community no matter what. Time and time again, whatever it is, we're there. And, and we want people to know. So, so it felt good to be able to um, really be part of this organization last night when there was a time that the only thing all of us could do last night was pray. And, and, and we all did.
1: And, um, you know, the dolphins, Marlins, hurricanes have also been out there um, doing what they can just, you know, there's only so much you guys can do obviously right. in a situation like this, but, you know, from, just from your experience, and it's such a unique, this is such a unique situation, but what, what is, what do you think is the role of, of just sports teams in the community you know, with an event like this and and what they could do, um, to help.
2: Look, we, we do a phenomenal job uh, over the years of recognizing, uh, heroes or recognizing, you know, uh, our with our home strong program and and, and returning vets that live in South Florida. And, And we've done, uh, um, probably over a thousand nights of honoring those personnel that, that protect our freedom when we lay our heads down at night. Um, and, and, and that's fantastic for our fans to see, but, but to know that whatever your job is, whether you're an attorney, a teacher, uh, you know, a frontline worker, whatever, whatever job it is for you to think for one second and say to yourself, you know, this is bigger than what I do. This is bigger than who I am. And to know that we have all these folks here locally, heroes among us that, that, that we can turn to and lean on. Um, like I said, being born down here, you, you know, that you think that, but to actually see it firsthand it, it is incredible to know that this community, um, really, uh, can rally. And I've said that to so many people and I've heard it from so many of my counterparts that, um, it's great to know that, that we live in a, in a South Florida diverse community, that we're all here for each other. And, and I think that's what, you know, when people talk about heat culture, it's not just about being the hardest working, most conditioned, you know, toughest team. It's not only about that. that. That's just one of our character traits. But I think what the culture word is, the culture of this community is is what we are. And and that's something that is nice to look at the other teams here and know that um, we see each other in the mirror. And, and they know uh, when we do something, they're they're there. And we know that when the community needs us, we're there.
1: And, you know, you mentioned this a couple of times. I'm born and raised in Miami. You know, this is my community. It's been my community my entire life. You were born and raised down here. Um, even close to me, you were born and raised in Miami Beach, right? Like you said. Yeah. Um, just on a personal level, just how hard, has, you know, how much has this hit you? How hard has it been? I mean, it's been a tough week for me. Just kind of seeing, you know, my, to see any community impact like this is tough. But to see it hit so close to home has been really hard. And 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 sad. Um, just on a personal level, how how are you handling all of this?
2: Look on a, on a personal level, it's gut wrenching. Um, you know, really to see 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 that uh, in person and 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 know that that happened and know that there's still people waiting. You know, hopefully to be you know rescued. But you know, I can't help but, but become nostalgic with my own childhood memories you know, on that street. And, and this has been a, a very tough time for me and, and a very tough time for my friends and family because, you know, we do have um, very close ties uh, to folks there. Thankfully, um, I know of, of many people that survived. And at the same time, um, whether it's just seeing the, the triage and in, in, in the tent set up at, at the North Beach Park uh, that I've been to so many times, or if it, 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 it's the extra uh, traffic on Collins and seeing, you know, Miami-Dade's finest all over the place there. Yeah. It's definitely a red flag to me because it, that, that is not what's supposed to be there. So yeah, definitely uh, uh, seems um, different there. There's, there's a feeling in the air that things aren't right. Um, it hurts, but the, the, you know, the optimistic person in me realizes that um, there's a greater Good that's going to come of this. I have no idea what it is now. I know that that Surfside community is a beautiful place um, with so many different religions and types of people. And then north to there, they in Bal Harbour, and then just west over there to North Miami and south to Miami Beach. There's something special about that place. There really is. Um, At nighttime with the lights, holidays, and 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 it's really just a beacon um, for folks when they come to South Florida. Um, wherever you are in South Florida, you somehow uh, go, go through that area. And, and it's not just a, a road. It's not just a, a beautiful beach. I think it's something that, like I said, the greater good uh, will, will only tell us in the future what's going to happen over there. And, and I think it's going to be a forever location where um, we don't know yet, but we'll all be better from it. Um, and we're all going to rally together uh, for each other and, and make sure something like that obviously never happens again, but make sure to really take care uh, and be there for the families. But also remember that, you know, there's a lot of first responders right now that are working 12 hour shifts. They haven't been able to go home and see their families. You know, they sign up for this job um, and and we're going to be there for them too. That That's something that they're not going to be forgotten. The countless amount of men and women that, that literally went on those fire trucks to, to a, a building that God forbid could have fallen on them it is something that, that, pains me to know that that's the career that uh they chose and they have to do but but we're there for them and we're going to be there uh for them uh, whatever they need.
1: Yeah, well very well put and as hard as it is like you said hope, optimism, prayer are just so important in this type of situation. Um thanks for coming on Steve. Again, you can visit surfside.org um to make a donation to the hardship fund at the heat Um, and others have helped create, you know, for those impacted. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me.